the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. So much for the calm before the offseason storm in the NFL. We are now knee deep in the thick of it, and you have come to the exact right place. Welcome into the Spot Track Podcast. Brandon Kravitz here, your host for the day, along with Money Man himself, Mike Janetti. Mike, I will test you right now by asking you what today is. Do you know? Leap day. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you why I know, Brandon. I I was born three days ago, February 26th in 1980. I was three days away from being a leap baby. So I think about this every time it comes up. I could be 11 years old right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It would be a completely different podcast with an 11 year old (laughs) as our expert. But uh, well, happy belated birthday to you. Do you do anything special? Other yeah, than work sit, your tail off? Here, yeah, I sit here in front of a screen and watch numbers go crazy. So it's a it's a, a labor of love, but we're here. Plenty to talk about. All right. Well, hey, you know what? You you don't look at you don't look a day over twelve, Mike. So <laughs> let's press on. Uh you have come out firing in the last twenty four hours with salary cap, um with, with specific contract projections for quarterbacks in the NFL, which has the internet a buzz right now. Some eye-popping numbers for guys like Tua, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Dak Prescott. But let's start, and we're going to hit on all of these. Uh, so if your favorite quarterback is, uh, if you're waiting, it, it, it'll happen. But let's start in Miami. Why does it seem like this extension price tag, which I think is maybe the most divisive that is out there, uh, is taking so many by surprise? And so let's hit on the numbers and then and then your theory on, why it seems like there's such a divide with paying Tua. Yeah. I, I just think it's been a roller coaster, you know, uh, the, the early injury stuff. We, there was, there were talk 18, 24 months ago about this guy's career, right? Being in jeopardy. Would he ever even be able to play out a full season? You're a lot closer to this than I am. Li- like literally geographically. Uh, I imagine the, the sense around Miami and, and in Florida in general is that this guy's pretty darn good. Right. And that even if he's not elite, it's going to be hard to find better, <laughs> at least in terms of the short term, because this is not a roster that is waiting to develop. This is a fully financially heavy, right? They've paid their coach that everything about this roster says we should be winning extensive ball games in January and February. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, if this isn't the guy who is, and if this is the guy and he's this age and can do what he can do with he half of 2023, he was an MVP candidate. So I, I just yep. think we, we have a lot of long-term bi- bias and maybe some recency bias that are mixing together. And then there's some national media versus some local media that are mixing together. And he's a divisive player. He's a polarizing player. He, he has done more than enough to warrant a, an extension and I realized that the number I have, Matt, is Joe Burrow's number. But Joe Burrow's number last year would not be Joe Burrow's number this year. And it's extremely important to remember that this thing is a, a, a absolute lightning rod of, of a sliding scale right now. You know what I mean? Like it, it's changing every month, let alone every year. So uh, Joe Burrow would be $65 million right now. He, he truly would, Brandon. And, and to put two on 55 is just saying you're in that. Yeah, the I think part of it has to be the rising cap, right? That's the reason you, you get to 55 and, and some of the instant reaction. I know that you don't get bogged down in your comment section, so I do it for you. Hmm. Um, I'll, I'll, here's, the, here's the mix. Um, is You have 
old school Miami fans who go, you haven't had a quarterback since Dan Marino. This right. is the closest thing you've come to having a real quarterback. So pay him. What, why mess around with this position when you've been messing around with it for so long? And then you have people that just look at the player and say that he hasn't necessarily earned that and the sticker shock factor. But the sticker shock factor, part of that is the salary cap projection, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Most of it is. Most of it is. He's not a $55 million player, mathematically speaking, right? But I wasn't mathematically calculating him on three hundred or on $255 million. I just wasn't. That came out of left field a week ago. So everything has to jump up a step. It's not like that's, you know, I can just ignore that and say that doesn't exist anymore because nobody else is ignoring that and certainly not his agents. So, um, look, I would imagine the biggest pushback I'm getting, Brandon, is that the, what these cap hits look like in my breakdown, right? 60, 60, 54, 54 for the most part outside of 2024. You want to tell me that a better version of this deal is six years or eight years, something like Josh Allen has done in Buffalo? Fine. I, I don't know that agents are doing that right now. I don't know. I don't know that quarterbacks are doing that right now. They have so much power. I, I think they look at Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes' first contract and say that those were incorrect. <laughs> that is not the way this should be going right now. And uh, the power of the quarterback can say, give me four years, give me three years fully guaranteed right now up front, and then you got to figure it out. And by the way, when Russell Wilson is released and Denver has to eat what they have to eat, it's just going to make the quarterback even more powerful because it's just going to be a representation of what it should take to get this guy under contract and to keep this guy under contract. It's just a, it's just a really, really big situation, and front offices should be terrified. They really should be. I saw a great quote on uh, Dolphins fan blog last night. It said four years is a small price to pay for certainty at a position where the Dolphins haven't had any in recent years. I right. feel like for that's four decades. Just that's worded. right. That's right. Take a take a risk on four years because you may be laying out for four decades. Buffalo has been there. Cleveland's been there. The Patriots might be there, right? The Patriots might be going through this right now and they don't even realize it yet. So, uh, yeah, they're in this window. You got to push. You got to pay. This is not, you know, a guy on min- an owner on minimum wage trying to hold this thing up with sticks. This guy can afford it. You know he can afford it. This is the time to pay for it. So, it's I get the sticker shocks with with Tua and I get the fact that there's, you know, there should be injury protections. That's another thing I didn't do on this contract by the way is build in per game active bonuses with Tua. I'm sure there's people pushing back on that. That's a quarterback thing. No quarterback should ever take that anymore. All right. You want to give it to running backs. You want to give it to safeties, player, you know, positions that get injured often. That's fine. The rules of the NFL now now limit quarterback injuries. They shouldn't be accepting non-guaranteed cash in the form of per game active bonuses. So it's there's a lot of things that have changed over the past two years with how we treat these things. And I realize that some of this may be new and may seem crazy. And by the way, there's no there's no reason to believe I'm right, right? If if Tua signs for 48 million a year and gets 100 million guaranteed, and the Dolphins come out and say we just couldn't give this guy more guaranteed money because we're concerned about his head injuries, God bless him, and God bless yeah. him if he takes it. But this is probably where I'm starting if I'm the agent. That's all I'm saying here. I know we've hit on this before, but I want to I want to get this back out there. Um, it, he doesn't necessarily the Dolphins don't need to extend nope. him right now. But the reasoning would be that he's a holdout candidate. Is that the thought process here? Because there's really no incentive to the Dolphins to get it done now unless they're so concerned that he's going to ball out again and they got to pay him even more. 
Well, they're minus 28 against the cap right now in terms of our numbers. And we've added some some different projections to maybe increase those numbers a little bit, by the way, in terms of players that may get bonuses and things like that over the next couple of weeks. So they're in trouble there. And certainly, you know, there's some up and down. There's some sliding scales there. Taron Armstead, what's he going to do? What's gonna, how's that going to impact the cap situation here? But the, the long and short, Brandon, is Tua's on a 23 and change cap hit right now because of that fifth-year option. What I'm projecting lowers his cap down to 15 million. So just extending him is going to make 2024 a little bit more platable in terms of the salary cap, even though, you know, I'm also projecting $55 million worth of cash in 2024. So uh, there's reasons to do everything right now uh, and extending him while it's risky, while it's expensive. The other reason to do it is he's 25, right? And wouldn't you rather take your chance on three full guaranteed years between 25 through 27, eight versus 27 through 30? I think I would if I'm the Miami Dolphins. Baker Mayfield, you have projected at four years, $120 million on the open market. Mayfield played last year for $4 million. Would this be the biggest leap from year over year that you've seen in recent memory, specifically for a guy that is around year seven in the NFL? Yeah, if you put it that way, if it's not coming off the rookie contract into like the sophomore extension, a a veteran... We see that all the time. All the time, right. A, A veteran kind of going back to the big blockbuster contract is extremely rare. And, and quite frankly, that that is the model I've used here. The, the model was Geno Smith who was, you know, in the basement sort of figuring out if he was going to be a backup quarterback for the next 12 years and then garnering 25 million a year, really one for 25, two for 50, which is where we're at now in Seattle. This is just a cap adjusted version of that. And I've given Baker four years because I know that, Tampa Bay is going to slide a couple of bonuses out with, with the maximum five-year proration because they're in cap hell as well because of all the Brady stuff and a bunch of older contracts that are coming to roost. So uh, I don't think this one's crazy. Of all the of, of the seven contract projections I've put on this on this article on .com, I feel most confident about this one. That I think both sides would take this. Both sides should should consider this, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But. Um, this was not a Baker on the open market contract, just to be clear. This was him returning to Tampa Bay and, and using this contract in conjunction with the Mike Evans contract to kind of keep this band together. That's why his cap hit on my projection is $6.25 million. It's basically what he, what he cost them last year against the cap. So I'm kind of keeping things neutral. I'm bringing him back for two years fully guaranteed at really not a dangerous price. Um, this is, I really want this one to happen because I, I love what has happened with Baker Mayfield and his career. And, uh, no, it's not common. This is, this is rare air and it's something we need to see more from veteran quarterbacks, not giving up on their, on their careers too early here. Yeah. It's something that Baker Mayfield should likely target as well. I wonder the Dave Canales factor. He helped Geno Smith revive his career in Seattle that he then turned that into a job in Tampa revived Baker Mayfield's career, whether you want to give him that credit or Sean McVay for the mm-hmm. time that. Baker spent in uh, in L.A., but still, it's clearly a good fit. You say that this isn't an open market deal. Does that mean that if the projection that you have, would it be even bigger if Baker were to say, Tampa, you're on an even playing field with everybody else. I don't necessarily want to come back here if it's not for the biggest price available. Yeah, I don't know that I can go there. I just don't know there'll be enough teams bidding up Baker Mayfield, right? We have so many options right now, all of a sudden, right? With Russell Wilson yeah. at a minimum, at a veteran minimum, Kirk Cousins, I guess, could hit that open market at some point and then take some other offers. So, and then of course, most of these teams, or at least, are sniffing the Justin Fields scenario right now. But look, I know this is going to sound crazy, 
the teams that miss out here, you know, and maybe Tampa Bay misses out and, and decides that they don't want to spend 150 million guaranteed on bringing back a couple of these guys that, that they would take. It's not crazy to think that somebody's going to take a flyer on Mac Jones or Zach Wilson or Sam Howell, right? Or Trey Lance out of Dallas. These are four quarterbacks I think are all on the trade block right now, all relatively cheap for one year. Certainly Sam Howell on a minimum salary. And it probably doesn't cost you more than a mid-round pick to get them in your room right now. So it's a terrible plan, but it's a viable plan for 2024 <laughs> if that's the route you have to fall back into. I'm just saying there are ways not to spend $100 million this offseason and still play 17 games. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I just can't figure out who those teams would be because it seems like yeah. there there's enough veteran movement and more than anything else, there are potentially five quarterbacks that will go in round one this year, you just start to run out of quarterback real estate at some point. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't think those players deserve a starting spot in 2024, but I, I guess they're just there, right? And that doesn't even include Garoppolo and possibly Jameis Winston and and Jacoby Brissett. And there's it's really a, a solid Tyrod Taylor. There's a nice list of names of definite QB2s that could slide in and give you six weeks if they need to. So uh, it's a weird kind of cycle we're in with the NFL right now. You got your sixty million a year players, and then you know a whole bunch of like two to five million dollar players that are capable. But uh, you know where does Baker fall in? I've got him literally directly in the middle of that thirty million a year. Should the Bucks at least cons- consider the idea that this caps their ceiling in years to come, and that they'd be better off not paying a quarterback that has given us one splash year, six years into his NFL career? and a veteran aging wide receiver, even if he's coming off of a great year. Like this doesn't, it feels like the right thing to do if you want to stay competitive in 2024. It doesn't feel like smart money paying Baker Mayfield and an older Mike Evans. Yeah, we're literally talking about $100 million here, right? Because if you're talking 23 and change for two years for Mike Evans and 30 and change for two years for Baker Mayfield, you're, you're, you're right there. You're at that hundred million dollar mark for two seasons. So to me, that's the going rate. Um, it's not my money. <laughs> um, and that, that division is an absolute. That sounds dumpster. like you agree. It's an absolute dumpster fire of a division though. And can I make that money back? Just hosting a playoff game again. Right. And if yeah. I'm looking at it that way, I'm just doing it. I'm just, I'm just ripping this bandit off and doing it. And we'll deal with the rebuild in three seasons if we have to and, and go from there. Cause I just look at that Saints roster and I see a lot of what the hell are we doing? We know what's happening in Carolina. It's they're still a year away from being a year away for sure. And, you know, Atlanta, depending on what happens here, is is a maybe with all that talent on that roster. But I, I just think this is a team that can just spend a hundred million dollars and probably be the favorite, the odds on favorite. And that's easier said than done in a lot of scenarios. Uh, let's move to Jared Goff and Dak Prescott. We'll bundle these two quarterbacks together who have oh. put up really. Is that fair? Can we do <laughs> no, that? No, I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're in a similar range. You've got them both projected at four years, $180 million. So what's the difference then? What's no, the I've got Dak at three years, $180 million. That's oh, $60 okay. million ahead. a year, sir. That's six Clerical million error on my part. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry, Dak. Yeah, I've I've only got Dak Prescott signing the uh, most expensive per year contract in the history of football, but um, I don't okay, see any sort of buried the lead there. But that's a, that's my bad. No, it's all right. I mean, that's I don't see a way around it. He's he once again has Jerry Jones up against a barrel, and I don't think he's going to back down again. So it's either going to be 
cap convert my $59 million cap hit, right? And, and, and give me my signing bonus. And, and then it basically let me walk into free agency next year if I want to, because you're not tagging me. We already built that in. I got a full node trade clause and a full node tag clause because I had you up against the barrel three seasons ago. Or give me the most expensive you know, per year contract in the history of football. Guarantee 75% of it, just like you did in the last one. And I'll talk to you again in three and a half seasons. So I, I don't know how... Th- it's not that Dak is worth this. Let's, let me make this clear. He's a top five quarterback. He's not the top quarterback. He's not worth resetting the market. What he has done and what his agent has done with a, a team that has let this happen has made him available to reset this market. And he should and he will, I think. It's timing, right? It, yeah. it's, it's timing. And uh, this is why you harp on this so much. Uh, and I've learned so much listening to and reading your content over the years. It's about how you structure lengths of your contracts and the yep. timing in which that you set them up. And it seems like Dak and his agent are doing that as well as anybody, maybe even in sports right now. No question. No question. And can he be a good guy and say, I've already made a bunch of money. I should back off a little bit here. Sure. Will he? He might this time around. I'm not going to try to put words in his mouth. I'm telling you right now, there's a hell of a lot of agents out there that'll never let it happen. So it depends on the scenario here. Um, certainly, he, has, he doesn't have the playoff pedigree to kind of back that side of it up, but he's got a heck of a lot more. He is a consistent MVP candidate. Uh, so this one's fascinating to me, just like it was a bunch of years ago. We'll see where it ends up. But for now, there's no reason for me not to believe that he's going to do all right. Well, I'm sorry, Jared Goff. You get a pay. Uh, you, 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 we're uh, we're downgrading your pay here in this scenario. Four years, 180 million dollars is the projection there. How does that compare to Baker Mayfield when you line these two up against each other? A 60 million dollar difference, but the same years. Yeah, Jared Goff is the only contract here, well, outside of Kirk Cousins, uh, and for obvious reasons, that I did kind of build in a bit of a discount with. Um, I didn't put Jared Goff into the 50s. I probably could have. I probably should have. The, the numbers don't say he should be. The numbers say exactly what Sean McVay has always been telling us about Jared Goff. He is never going to look, from a productivity standpoint, like one of the best quarterbacks in football. Um, so the math is never going to add up in that regard. But what he is doing with this group, with this coaching staff, and is worthy of a strong contract, which is what I've given him. I've given him, you know, 45 million a year, 150 basically guaranteed over the next three seasons. It should be enough knowing this is contract number three for him, right? He's already had a big payday coming out of, out of LA. It should be enough to keep him happy and pay five other Lions players this off season and draft and add in free agency and do all the things it's going to take to really make this Lions team a true contender. So I did build in, the fact that Goff kind of has to play a little ball here with this organization. And I think he may be willing to do that. I don't know if I'd suggest that from an agent standpoint, right? I think my number would be 50 million for Jared Goff, at least as a starting point. And then if we have to come down to 48 or something like that, we get there. But I, I was a little bit low in terms of where logic says Jared Goff probably gets to be knowing that so many other Lions players need to be paid literally in the next couple of weeks here, if they want to really push this thing gas pedal down all the way for the next three seasons yeah it's uh it's still a tremendous contract for him it's and and at this point in his career but you you do end up getting a bit of a discount and it just being such a great fit we can't really picture jared goff being this productive anywhere else and i still think you could probably make the case for Dak prescott being able to 
put up numbers like this in another system. So uh, I guess that has to be part of the thinking there is, you know, sorry, Jared, but you're still getting slapped with the, a a little bit of a, a system discount. It's a really good point, right? We had this conversation with Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones actually hit hit the open market, who would be bidding for his services? Who were who were the Giants essentially bidding against internally when they handed out that contract? If you think about it the exact same way, this is really just the cap adjusted version of Daniel Jones. $86.5 million over the next two seasons. But if you talk about it from a cap perspective and this Lions as a whole perspective, these are golf's next two cap hits based on my breakdown. 15.5 this year, 29 million next year. You don't have to do a darn thing. You pay him $86.5 million. He is cap-friendly, and you are ready to roll in terms of building this roster up as much as humanly possible. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a you're not perfect, but you're perfect for us kind of contract. Nice. Uh, Jordan Love, why would he not be closer to the tool range based on huh. what he showed last year? Four years, 200 projected. I don't really view these guys all that different. I'm going to guess that was the majority of the contracts on X or the comments on X, I should say, um, especially because I put Jordan Love out first and then Tua out later in the day. And I'm guessing uh, that's probably where the comparison started to come in again. I haven't read a single thing. I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you outside of the fact that I know how Green Bay structures their contracts and it is very, very different from a lot of, a lot of teams in the league. So I was, I was fitting a square peg into a round hole finding $200 million worth of cash for Jordan Love over the next couple of seasons. The other, the other thing is this. Jordan Love has already agreed to this bridge. Okay, Now, it's $11 million. It's not a situation he's going to play on. But he's going to have to go to the Packers and say, I don't want to play on this contract. Right? That's not something that's great. Right? That's not a nice way to start a conversation if you're sitting down for $200 million. So off the bat, there's going to be a give and take because we don't have to do anything. We can just let you play out the 11 million and take our chances with where we go in 2025. That's the starting point. Now, Miami to deal with in 2024, right? So there's, there's less of a compromise situation with that organization. So that's the starting point with Jordan Love is we got to get off this bridge contract. We got into something a little bit fresher. I don't, have a, I don't have a better answer for why Jordan Love and Tua shouldn't be paid exactly the same except for this. I think that Tua has a bigger bigger ceiling. I really do. I know that Jordan Love has looked more the part of late, but there have been two to three seasons, you know, outside if you put yourself outside of the injuries, and I know it's tough to do that with Tua, that he has looked like the guy, like really the guy. Like maybe the best quarterback in this division at times, uh, certainly the best quarterback that Miami's had in a very, very long time. We can't say that with Jordan Love yet. Every single time we talk about Jordan Love, we talk about how he kind of looks like Aaron Rodgers, right? We haven't even broken away from the franchise quarterback in, in Green Bay, let alone him looking like you know the best quarterback in the current NFL model. Uh, so sample size, the, the fact that he's got to negotiate himself off of a contract that he agreed to, right? Tua didn't agree to his fifth-year option. He was handed a fifth-year option. Jordan Love has already accepted the fact that he was going to take this bridge to help the team out a little bit. So there will be a little bit of back and forth. But if somebody wants to tell me that the, both of these players end up signing the exact same contract this offseason, I think it would be 100% fair. The most common response. Almost oh, clean. Oh, no. Are you trolling right now? <laughs> I, I love looking at your comment section. It brings me much joy. And, and I think I, it, it's, uh, it's part of my due diligence as a host, since you don't want to live in that area. 
Uh, the most common response is you can't give him this sort of money after one year. I think people forget how valuable one year of proof is worth yeah. in the NFL. And there's a little bit extra baked in that this guy did sit behind Aaron right. Rodgers. He's not new to the game. He's new to the field. And in his first real opportunity, he shined. How much more evidence do you really need? You either have it or you don't. And, I'll give uh, you, and we see contracts off of one year all the time in sports. I'll give the same response I gave with Tua. Um, if you think he's the guy right now and, and all signs say he is, pay him the big money at age 25, 26, and 27 and give yourself a chance to decide if you want to do it again at 28, 29, and 30. Why not? It's the, you've already, he's already allowed you to, to delay his clock because of the Aaron Rodgers success, right? Don't delay it anymore. This yeah. should be his prime time, prime years. Don't think about value. Get value on the rest of the roster. You know what I mean? Do your homework elsewhere. Pay this guy for three years. And then if you want to move away, nobody's going to say you did the wrong thing. You know what I mean? You, you've given a, a, a viable chance to a player in his prime years and paid him not even top of the market money. I'm not even projecting near top of the market here, right? This is like fifth, sixth, when it's all said and done, after Dak is done and after, you know, et cetera, et cetera, are paid here. So I just think it's a risk worth taking for three years for a 25-year-old kid that had a lights-out first season. That's all. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, another position outside of quarterback, okay. cornerback. Legereus Sneed set to be tagged by the Kansas City Chiefs, $19 million and change. They're mm -hmm. going to give him permission to seek a trade. Why would he want out? Is it just as simple as Kansas City isn't willing to pay him big long-term money? I can't imagine that this is a situation players don't want to be in right now. Yeah, that's a tough call. Um, they're just not going to be able to give him that top of the market contract. And, and unfortunately, right? Uh, I've said uh, this is a player that I have followed now from a projection standpoint for three straight seasons because I've done a lot of KC radio work and things like that. His name has come up quite a bit. I remember. Two, year, two off seasons ago, 2022, I had him as a $9 million player because he was like the third option. He was like the slot corner, kind of filling in as a depth player. And I didn't see a, a role for him in terms of a starting 17-week cornerback. Then in 2023 or in 2022, that changed a little bit. He started to get more, more playing time. Coming into last season, he was an $11 million player. <laughs> this time last March, he was an $11 million player. Now he's an $18 million player in our system, and Kansas City just gave him a $19.8 million franchise tag, which essentially says to the rest of the league, he's going to have to go to the top of the market with, with an extension. That's what the franchise tag has said. All right. Because that's 19.8 is already the third highest average salary among quarterbacks in the history of football. Only Jair Alexander and Denzel Ward have higher AAVs right now. So you put this guy in the open market, or you put him as a tag and trade with an extension candidate. He's going 22 million a year. He's just going there. So that's what that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to give up draft picks and 22 million a year to keep Legereus Sneed. There's no world, right? If they weren't going to do that with Tyreek Hill, there's no world where they're doing that with Legereus Sneed in Kansas City, unfortunately. And Trent McDuffie helps them make that sort of a decision because yeah. you need to have an elite corner in the NFL and they they still would have one. Yeah, they they probably wanted Legereus Need to be to look and feel like a true CB two, right? That was going to cost them about twelve million a year, and right. then they could really consider paying both Snead and McDuffie over the next three four seasons. It's just not the case. He has outkicked his coverage. He's going to go to one of these monster teams with cap space, 
and uh, and hopefully work out a hell of a lot better than J.C. Jackson did when he left. <laughs> Let's wrap today's episode with our quick hits. Excited to break this one down with you real quick. The Commanders rang dead last, and the Dolphins were up to number one on the list of grades via the Player Satisfaction Survey from the NFLPA. There are a million different things we could pluck from this, but any key takeaways from this report? Have you had a chance to look at some of the nuggets that have come from this? Uh, I'll give one comment and then I'll, I'll ask a question. Uh, I, saw, I think I saw that the Chiefs ranked like dead last in taking care of the families and, and what, like facilities, something like that, or near, near the bottom. Clark Hunt was like the worst rated owner. Is that what worst it was? Worst rated owner. That's uh, right. Can I ask yep. you a question? If yeah. you if you, if you know that you're running an organization right now that is basically just a revolving door for sixty percent of the roster every year, because your quarterback makes fifty five million cash every year and your tight end makes eighteen million cash and etc. You understand what I'm saying? Like like I'm gonna guess that that Robert Kraft was not very well known <laughs> during the Patriots' big dynasty two decades. Because why would you make you know why are you gonna make best friends with friends and family? of players who are here for literally a cup of coffee. It's just how you have to run your organization. So when I saw that, my thinking was, how many of these players actually met the owner? They, they signed for eight months on, on a $5 million contract, right? Did, did MVS even meet Clark Hunt? I don't even know, right? Like, I, probably not. So I, I just think it's funny. Um, my, my only question to you is this. I know you're a radio guy, so this is content gold for you. I'm sure you probably oh, well, spent the entire great. episode yesterday on this. Um, yep. Do we need to know this stuff? Does this stuff have to be public facing? Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> Outside of the hilarity that came with some of the little anecdotes, like that the fact that the fact know. that the Jags have a rat problem <laughs> and the Bucks are charging their players if they don't want a roommate. The Chargers charge their players if they want their kid watched during the day. Like, why is that not part of your uh, operation that is such a bad look? Uh, I get that you have to pay for child. I pay for child care. I'm also not an NFL player. Um, but outside of all of that, because, yes, that was broken down. It was easily 50% of my show yesterday. <laughs> was, But my number one point was exactly that. Why do we need to know. know this information? I don't know. This is good information for the NFL PA to have. Why do we need it? Why are they releasing this? Yeah, like P Peter King's been making his rounds because of this retirement. And, uh, and, and like two paragraphs into his retirement piece that was posted, he, he basically said, I I've loved doing this for 40 years. He goes, I'm just not loving following eight weeks of coaching hires and two weeks of scouting combine and all this other stuff now that we have to build into the NFL offseason because... It's the NFL and everything matters. This is just, this just seems like a layer. I can't even imagine Peter King sitting down and reading this report right now. <laughs> All right. Now I got to write an article about it for next Monday. Right. And about how yeah. I, I, this is just, to me, it's just part of that bigger conversation. And, you know, maybe, maybe what we're doing is part of it. Right. Do people really need to know how much these players make? I don't know. I'm glad people care. Let me put it that way. But I, I, this just seems like maybe one or two steps too far. And yeah. Great that the NFLPA gets this info. I'm not sure John in Buffalo needs to know it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that there could be an. I know you got you got enough work on your plate, so I don't need to give you a homework oh, assignment God, am today. I start but tracking this. Well, there could be a correlation between cutthroat salary cap teams sure. and the way that teams are perceived by the players. A sure. few of the teams that rated really low, the Chiefs, 
the Steelers, the Patriots. These are cutthroat organizations in terms of the salary cap. So, uh, and the and I think I don't think the Ravens uh, uh, graded all that well either. And they're another one of those. So yeah. it's not a it, it is not a corollary to success. We'll leave it there. Shohei Otani blasts a home run in his first home uh, in his first appearance in a Dodger uniform, which looks crisp. By the way, mm. is he a lock for the NL MVP this year? Oh. Man, that's an early jump. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. No, I'm gonna say no. I, I think that, that this National League looks pretty talented right now. It's not gonna surprise you one bit. I've already seen about uh, twelve spring games this offseason. That sounds about so right. So I'm in full uh, I'm in full mode here. He, I'll certainly love it. Can I say one more thing about Otani quickly? Because I'm gonna say it eleven more times before May first, probably. Um, every time he strikes out, there's gonna be well, he's overpaid. I promise you, he's not. All right. I, I can't even tell you how much money the Dodgers have already made off Shohei Otani. Yeah. Hundreds of millions. I promise you. They are never going to look at Shohei Otani and say, oh my God, what did we do? Even if they never win a World Series, even if he never wins another MVP, they have already made so much damn money off this player just being in Dodger blue. Right, The second he stepped up the plate and struck out the first at bat and homer the second at bat, millions, millions of money came in in terms of merchandising and commercialism and all that stuff. So we got to stop with that because I know it's we're going to be inundated with, well, this guy's making 70 million a year and he should be making two. Well, he is making two, right? Because of the deferred payments. And I, we got to stop. We got to stop. I, I'm the money people telling you, don't talk yeah. about the money. It's over. He's he, He's worth it. <laughs> the most ridiculous contract we've ever seen in this country and the money man himself is telling you not to sweat it that's all you need to know also he's not even in terms of the odds list there are two players on the dodgers that have shorter odds than shohei otani freddie freeman oh. and mookie betts so it could be an uphill battle for him we'll have to wait and see uh clay thompson's been lighting it up off the bench for the warriors the milwaukee bucks turning things around after the all-star break these are two teams that structurally structurally in terms of the way that their rosters are built kind of need to win now otherwise they've got some real thinking to do they're both turning it around in the post all-star break run here is there a resurgence of the two that you are buying more than the other yeah i want the warriors to get in i, I want them to be relevant inside this postseason somehow um milwaukee's path just seems easier with them beat out and the knicks so freaking injured and Miami seems to be in every other every other night team and you know Boston is Boston but it seems like the Eastern Conference is a much easier path to stumble a little bit and, and then find yourself late in the season and really make a push so I believe Milwaukee probably has a better chance to can you know continue to be a top five Eastern team and the Warriors like I said hopefully they can hold on here they're not a deep team so they're going to have to really figure some things out and put a lot of minutes onto these superstar players but yeah I'm happy that Clay's at least buying in right now. And and if this is the last stretch, then so be it. But uh, I just want him in. That's all. A reminder to those out there looking for podcast help or audio production of any kind for any business that you run. Let me be your guy. AuthenticAudioPro.com. You can go and check out more details there. Hit subscribe and rate the podcast you're listening to right now. And make sure you visit SpotTrack.com for all of the latest in the sports contractual world. A lot going on over there. Mike, always a pleasure. Go get some rest. Thank you, sir. 